I'm, I'm afraid Haggai, if he came back, he would slap Pastor Haggai upside the head with the Bible and tell him to preach the Bible, but we'll move on. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> couple of things. We have 28 teens here tonight. Amen. You know, a little revival breaking out with our teens, and uh, praise the Lord for that. I, I'm not sure how many, uh, Tyler and Kenzie, and who's in, did they split that up? Who's in the other one? Is that Shiloh in there? Yeah, she's probably pulling her out, hair out too, so, all right. Nine, how many teens did you say? 19 and the little kids all together. Amen. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. How many did we have last night in Quam? 77 kids in Quam last night. So we were down a little bit, but that's all right. One of these days, 200 in Quam. That's the goal. <laughs> I just heard a lot of oh me's come out. I don't know what the deal is, you know. Oh, it's awesome though, isn't it? And and I gotta say this too. There there's um some of you have really stepped up and are are taking some steps and, and I just see a lot more of you and I thank God for that. You know, you, you never go wrong giving God more time and uh God will bless that and uh, I'm truly encouraged by that. So we uh let's uh let's get into this um we are ready for the second message. So if you remember, Haggai comes in, he preaches four messages. Uh, they have, um, the first group has come back out of Babylon in that area, and they've come back down into Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, rebuild the, um, the worship, and to rebuild the walls. That's Ezra and Nehemiah. You can read about that. <clears throat> and we know that uh, this first group had tried to rebuild the temple. They got shut down after two years, and so for 16 years it has sat dormant, and nothing has been taking place there, but uh, the Jews have come back in, and they have reestablished their businesses. They've gotten their uh, all of that going along, and so now they have spent the last 16 years building their new homes, building nice homes, and all of that, and we saw that in, in chapter 1, the first message, and Haggai comes in, and uh, he tells them, he said, God needs to come first, guys, and you need to quit worrying about your homes and building your, your sealed homes and your sealed walls and all the fancy things of your home, and you need to put God first and get back to where God is first in your life. And, and uh, we see that all of these messages is that this is the hope for Israel is you need to do this. And first of all, you need to have God first. Well, it's the same hope for America. God needs to come first, and God needs to come first in the hearts and the lives of the believers. That's where it always starts. And, 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 uh, and I always say this, and I hope you understand that the hope that for America is for believers to make certain that their hearts are right with God, and God can and will use you to make a difference in this country, and and he can use uh, believers to turn the world around and turn our country around. Well, we get into the second message now in the first nine verses of chapter 2. And, and so, first of all, God first in chapter 1, first message. Second message, seek God's glory. Remember, he, he tells us in, 
when, when he was writing to the Corinthians and, and uh, uh, they, were, they were having some struggles in their carnality and, and Paul uh, commanded them in chapter 10, verse 31, he said, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And uh, that, that is what we as believers need to make certain that we are doing is um, bringing and seeking God's glory in all things. Well, let's get into this, and, and I'll try to get through this in the a few minutes that we have. In verses 1 and 2, we're going to see God's warning in, in message number 2, God's warning. And in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, so if you recall back in chapter 1, verse 1, in the sixth month, and so that was the first message. Now a month later, we have the, the uh, second message taking place, and so uh, God does give them some time to get things right and get things in order and, and, and uh, uh, get things changed in their lives, and isn't that nice to know, too, that God does uh, give us some time to get things right? And and so often we are such an on-demand type of uh, people that we expect that out of others also, and and uh, I'm just glad for God's long suffering in our lives. And but here we see so the seventh month then came the word of the Lord, and uh, here it's the it's God's word. It's God that sets things in order. It's God's word that sets the standard and. That's all Haggai is doing, and he mentions this over and over, that uh, when, when he's speaking, he's speaking what God has said, and, and that's exactly what we need to do. If God is going to continue to grow this church, it's not our words that matter. It's not our standards that matters. It matters is what does God's word say? That's it. We don't let culture determine to us what, what we do. I, I, I haven't watched it, don't care to watch it. That they had a commercial on in the Super Bowl. It was some very woke religious. Uh, uh, I don't. God gets you or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, the and the commercial was was very woke and and very much centered towards what the culture thinks Christianity ought to be. The, this unsaved world has no idea what what who, who God is and what God's standards are and. And it really does, even in our opinions, don't matter. What matters is what does God's word say? Just let God's word set the standard. That's what we live by. That's what we ought to do. And it doesn't really matter what, what uh, people are saying. There, there's some Hollywood guy, I can't remember, Rob, Rob somebody, Reiner, is that his name? Is he a director or something? Uh, some, I mean, very vulgar, very unsaved man trying to, and he had some article out, and, and there was an article about him saying, stating what, what Christianity ought to be. I'm sorry, Mr. Reiner, you have no idea what Christianity ought to be. And so we really don't care what Hollywood thinks. We really don't care what the unsaved world thinks. And, and we really don't, and I don't mean this in a mean way, it really doesn't matter what we think. What matters is what God's Word says. And that's what Haggai was doing. He was just coming in and saying, Thus saith the Lord, this is what you need to do. And, and so now he goes, and speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Here again, 
What does God's word say? It doesn't matter who you deal with or who you talk to. They need to hear the same thing. This is what God's word says. This is what we do. And and it really doesn't matter, but we need to speak God's word. And and that speak now, that's an imperative command. And and he was telling uh, Haggai, don't hesitate. Just go out and do what you're told to do. Well, it's the same way with us today. The hope for America and the hope for our country, the hope for our community is that we will stand up and speak and say what God's Word says. And when we are prompted to say it, we say it. And we, can, we, we need to, to definitely ha- have it in an envelope of love and, and care and consideration for those, but let us be bold in saying what needs to be said. And so then he goes on, and, and in this message he has certain points. So first of all, we see that first point is God's warning, right? Second point, verse 3, don't dwell on the past. He says, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? So he's asking the question, who, who, were, who were still here when, when this was uh, sacked by uh, Nebuchadnezzar? And there would have been some. I mean, they, they would have been old by this time. I mean, they, for them to have remembered, they would have had to at least be probably 75 years old and probably older than that. And, and so he's asking this question, and how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Now, I don't, for time's sake, I don't want to go back there, but you can go back to uh, in Ezra and Nehemiah, and I can't remember the verse. I didn't write it down. It just now came to my mind as I'm preaching this. But as, as they built the temple and rebuilt the temple, so it had been in Ezra, it says that the older people wept because of the size of it being much smaller than the other one. And it also said that the other people were cheering and and, and and thrilled and happy and and it says that you couldn't tell between the the crying and and the celebration whether it was good or bad, and so here God is asking that question and and you, you know that that's the thing we can't look we can look back in the past and and we can see what God has done praise the Lord for that and, and it is exciting to see what has taken place over the years. But, but you can't rest in that. We, we can't just stop and say, well, now we're going to coast because we've gotten to where we are. No, never satisfied. Let us continue to move forward and let us continue. As God, as God blesses his word and changes the lives of many people, and he has, then that's what we want. We want to see more of that. And as we gain more of those whose lives are changed, guess what? They're going to tell their friends, their family, their co-workers, their neighbors, and, and reach them and let us make the impact that God truly wants to make in this community and let us not be the anchor that is dragging this down, but let us get on board with God and let's do what God tells us to do. And don't just stay focused on uh, or, or dwelling on the past and but let us keep looking forward and, and, and uh, uh, understanding that um, God is doing something. You know, it's interesting to me, those that were still alive, that, that remember the things about the temple, it, here, here's the thing. They were weeping because it wasn't the size of the other one. All they saw was a, the, the splendid architecture of, of, a, of a beautiful temple that Solomon had built, and it, was, it would have been gorgeous. And it was huge, and 
and they look at that and they dwell on that. But here's the thing. Those older people that were doing that, all they could dwell on was the architecture of that because guaranteed that what they remembered spiritually wasn't good because they were in the generation that brought on the, the, the God judging them and taking them captive. And so they were all wrong in the things that they were looking at, and I do believe God was calling them out uh, for that. And so don't stay uh, dwelling on the past, but stay focused in verse 4. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. And all three of those are an imperative command. And, and to be strong, to be confident, to be courageous, to be, be firm in, in what you believe and why you believe what you believe. And, and, and understand that the Lord of hosts is with you. The Lord of the army, he is with you. He'll always be there as we are serving him and walking with him. And, and so stay focused. I, I, it's the same way in our lives today. The, the, the battles are, are still the same through all the years and through all the generations. There are going to be those that oppose you, and, and, and Satan is going to fight those things. And, and you, you know what? Just continue to be strong. If you have a weak moment and, and, you, and you fail in your walk, you, you know what you do? You get courageous and you, and you trust in the forgiveness of God and you take it to God and you get things right with God and you get back up and you keep battling along. And don't get out of the fight. Just don't quit. And so we do fail along the way and we fall down flat on our face. You know what you do? The righteous man gets back up. And you keep fighting and you keep walking and you keep moving with God and and, and the more you get to know about God, the closer you get to God, the more you understand about yourself, and the more you're going to depend upon God, and, and your faith will grow, and your maturity will grow, and, and, and just keep trusting God and walking in His power and staying focused on that, and God can give you victory over whatever it is that you're battling today. But how we need to be strong in the Lord and then verse 5, trust what God's Word says. Trust God's Word. According to the Word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. You know what the Hebrew word for covenanted is? Kareth. Isn't that cool? That's where we got that word. It means to, to, to uh, cut a contract. Okay? That, that's what it means. It's a contract. And he made a covenant. He made a contract, and, and that's where we got the word kareth. And remember when, when uh, I, I think it was Elijah, went to the brook kareth, and it was there that God made a covenant with Elijah. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. And, and, and so then he, he moved him into the cave, and there he talked to him. And, uh, or I guess kareth, and then he moved him. Anyway, but... Anyway, to, to cut a contract, okay? And here, here we see, according to the word that I covenanted with you. Can I tell you that, that God's word is still relevant for us today? And when he says that I will be with you, he will be with you. When, when God says that, that you obey me and I will bless you, he will bless you. 
when, when he tells you that seek me first in my kingdom and my righteousness and I will give you what you need to live, he will do that. When he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he will do that. God's power is there and evident, and, and we need to know that God never leaves us alone. And, and, and you can go back to John 14, verses 15 through 18, Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6, and, but especially in John 14, 15 through 18, there he says, I will give you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, and he will indwell you, and he will be with you forever. He never leaves you. And so what does he say then? Fear ye not. And so now, the, 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 and, and here in the context, the, the new temple may not uh, impress everyone's uh, expectations. The world is going to fight you uh, every step of the way. However, you can know that God's omnipotence is promised and will carry out what he has constructed for us to do, and he will do that for us today. And so let us do what God wants us to do in our lives. Quit stressing over the things that you have no control over. Quit stressing over things that truly do not matter for eternity, and let's stay focused on what God's Word says and trust what God's Word says. And then verses 6 through 9, faith and obedience will change the world. It'll change your world. It'll change your family. It'll change your church, which in turn will change the community, which in turn can change the state, which in turn can change the, the country. I, I mean, and it's all through faith and obedience of believers. Look at this and God's power. I, I love this. I'm, I, I, I got to finish this. I'm not going to stop. We're just, you're just going to hang on, all right? God's power is revealed because of the righteous. Look at this in, in verse 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts. How many times have we already seen this? The God of the army, okay? The, the, he has all power, okay, guys? Trust in what he says, right? For the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Well, I'm telling you, when God wants to get somebody's attention, he can do it. And, and we need to be praying that God gets our country's attention. However, before we get so focused on, on the country, you know, focusing on God, let's make sure we are focused on God and that he has our attention. And, and so let us make sure that he has our attention. He says, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. And get this, I love this, and I want to see this happen. I don't know how it's going to happen but I, and I will shake all nations and the desire, that desire are the precious things that they love, all right? This is all the nations, all the heathen nations he's talking about, all their desire, all the things that they love, all the, the, the treasures that they have of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory. I, I love it. You know what he says? He says, I'm going to take the treasures of the heathen, I'm going to bring it into the temple, and I'm going to use it to bring honor and glory to me. I love that. I do. I, I, and, and he's going to shake the nations. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, Todd Simon used to say, uh, you know, somebody gave a bunch of money and they had been ungodly and how they'd gotten or whatever, and, and some, some older gal said, you know what, the devil's had that money long enough, let's use it for God's glory. 
And why not? I mean, think about it. The, the world just spent $23 billion betting on the Super Bowl. $23 billion. It said there was over, I can't remember, 17 million people made bets uh, on, on the Super Bowl. What a waste of money. I, I mean, but we see the world doing those things. Then, hey, I, I have no doubt God is going to do what, what God wants to do. And, I, and we want to do something great for God. Allow him to do that through us. And I just, I know, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know God's going to use us to make a difference in Morgan County and do something that only God can do. And, and we will trust him and, and watch him shake the heavens, shake the earth, shake the sea, shake the dry land, shake all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts, as long as we bring honor and glory only to God. That's all it's about. Only him. Only him. That's the only one that matters. Only him. He owns everything. And he says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Even that of the heathen, God owns it. And then look at verse 9, and I'll be done. God's blessings. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. Think of that. I mean, you go back and read about Solomon building that temple, and you think about the glory of that Go back and look at the thousands of animals that were sacrificed the day that they dedicated that. I mean, it was amazing to, to think, and God says the glory of this temple will be far greater than that one, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And that word peace has the idea of completeness, soundness, and welfare. You know, let let us continue to serve God. Let us stay focused on what God wants us to do. Let us trust what God's Word says. And let this always be a place of peace for those that come. You know, I, I saw that yesterday. That there was a family come in that was grieving for their loved one. And you know what they found here? They found a church family that didn't know hardly anyone here but they saw an expression of love that they probably had never seen before. And let it always be a sanctuary where whoever they are, they can come and we can preach to them peace because Jesus is the answer. And let us continue to bring honor and glory to him. Father, we thank you for Haggai. Thank you, Lord, for this second message. I pray that it will be an encouragement to each one who's here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys.